Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with the scripture. The scripture for today comes from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brothers and sisters, you will face all kinds of trouble. When you do, think of it as pure joy. Your faith will be tested. You know that when this happens, it will produce in you the strength to continue. And you must allow this strength to finish its work. Then you will be all you should be. You will have everything you need. And now for episode 37, Raindrops and Sprinkles. So my name is Chastity. You know, 2020 has been a really weird, strange year for everybody. But really, 2011 was my personal weird, strange year. A few months earlier, I had just moved to a new city, two hours away from my hometown in Kentucky. I was not married, and I found out I was pregnant. And it wasn't what I had planned, obviously. So... I was pretty emotional. I reached out to different family members and by one family member in particular who I really trusted, I was actually encouraged to get an abortion. And I had never thought that I would be the person to even think about aborting a baby. But just because, I don't know, young, naive, I I, I looked into it. So I, I scheduled an appointment at Planned Parenthood and I went in. And I was just so unnerved how easy it could have been for me to have an abortion. I left almost immediately knowing that is not what I needed to do. I did not get pregnant to have an abortion. It it wasn't happening. And so I accepted that I was going to be a mom. And it wasn't exactly my plan, but... I really already love this baby so much. So I found out I was pregnant when the baby was six weeks. I Google searched like, you know, six weeks pregnant. And the first thing that popped up was your baby is the size of a sprinkle. And so this baby just immediately got the nickname sprinkle. And we just started referring to the baby as sprinkle. So my boyfriend at the time, which is now my husband, he proposed and we were getting married in April And the Tuesday before our wedding, we went in for a 14-week ultrasound on the baby just to check on Sprinkle, see how Sprinkle was doing. So when we went in, they, they couldn't find a heartbeat. And so the ultrasound tech, I remember, was just really nervous and was like, oh, I'm sure it'll be okay. Let me go grab the doctor. So she left and what seemed like an eternity, we're sitting there just waiting, waiting. Doctor came in did some things and realized there actually, there, there was no heartbeat. So I miscarried and talk about emotional. There, there were just so many emotions and I didn't exactly know how to process it, but all I could think about was what did I do wrong? Like, why, why is this happening to sprinkle? Why is this happening to our baby? And Honestly, a baby, you know, we didn't even plan for. In the beginning, we weren't sure what to do. But the baby that we already love so much at 14 weeks along, why is this happening? 
we got married that Saturday after we found out the news on Tuesday. And then the following Tuesday, I had to go in for a DNC because I had no miscarriage symptoms whatsoever. So I had to go in and have surgery. So we didn't do a honeymoon. We didn't experience any of that. It was um, really just for me mourning for Sprinkle. I didn't know that just two and a half months later, I would lose my dad to murder. And that's not really a story that I share a lot either. But I say that just to say that I was so caught up in that moment, in that miscarriage, with being just so upset and full of questions and wondering why, 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 that I didn't stop to think about the bigger picture that maybe God is painting. You know, I only saw a brushstroke. And we think so often that in our lives that we need to know the whole picture or we're not on board. You know, we need to see it all or we're going to question, we're going to wonder. And God doesn't call us to question him. God calls us to believe that he works all things for our good. And that is something I struggled with for a long time. I was raised in a Christian household. And when I say that, I mean, we went to church on Sundays, sometimes on Wednesdays. When I was a teenager, I repeated a prayer from my pastor, which then meant I was saved. But I mean, was I convicted? I don't think so. Was I growing spiritually? I don't think so. (laughs) But I was baptized anyway. I want to say I was a Christian, but looking back, honestly, I wasn't displaying fruit to the spirit and I wasn't my walk with Jesus. I mean, I didn't, I didn't involve him in my life. And so it wasn't until after 2011 and after that experience with Sprinkle and my miscarriage that I actually started realizing like, wait, there is a bigger picture here and that God doesn't put us through these storms for us to suppress what happens to us. Like he puts us through these storms so we can share, as cliche as it sounds, we can share our story for his glory. After I experienced my miscarriage, a family member you know, approached me and was like, you know, Chastity, I've been through the same thing. I've had two miscarriages. And I never knew that. I never knew that before that moment. And I was really close to this family member. And I'm thinking, you know, why... Why didn't I know that? Why, why is it so secret when people experience miscarriages? Why don't we talk about it more? Because it's so common. Like one in four women experience miscarriages, but yet it's so hush-hush. And so I'm realizing that even though my pregnancy in the beginning wasn't planned, it wasn't desired, it happened. And it happened for a reason. And my miscarriage, as hurtful as it was, it happened for a reason. It's drawn me closer to God. And, you know, we can't, we can't see the future. Like hindsight is always twenty twenty. But in that moment, I was so hurt and I was so upset with God. And today I feel so guilty for that. Even as a believing Christian now, you know, 100% like devoted my life to him. I still sometimes struggle with reassurance of am I saved? I was so angry with God in that moment. You know, I've been, I'm a sinner. I'm this, I'm that, but it's not our works that saves us. There's nothing we can do to, you know, earn 
God's love other than trust that he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins and that he arose three days later. And so it's nothing I could do anyway. And as guilty as I feel, you know, God sees that and I pray about that and I feel him comforting me even now, nine years later. So there's a song by Laura's story called Blessings. And it says, like, what if our blessings come through raindrops? What if our healings come through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And every time I hear that song, I'm taken back to the year 2011. And I just realized that then and now and before then, God is just working all things for my good. And I'm so thankful for that. You know, I'm, we've been married now nine years and we have four healthy children and I'm so thankful for them. I'm thankful for Sprinkle. And one day my kiddos will hear about Sprinkle once they're older. But yeah, that's my story. One of my stories anyway, that's Sprinkle's story. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Like you said, you know, one in four women have miscarriages, but yeah, it's not something that you really hear much about. And it's like, I mean, I can't imagine how hard it is to go through that, but I would imagine that it would maybe be slightly a little easier to kind of go through if you had known that, you know, a family member had been there before and could kind of walk you through you know, all the lows that you're going to go through and all the highs and, you know, the different emotions that you're going to go through. Um, and so thank you for sharing this. You know, um, I hope that someone could hear this and, you know, feel encouraged that it's okay, you know, to go through those moments yeah. where you're upset with God. It's okay to not understand the full picture. So thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah. And as, as a Christian, like we need more sisters who step up and say, I've experienced that. You know, I've been through that too. And I was hurt. I was angry, but you don't stay hurt. You don't stay angry forever. You realize like there's a purpose. There's a much greater purpose to all of this. Yeah. Can you talk about your journey from being really angry about it, angry with God and hurt yeah. to kind of coming out of that? Or do you still kind of feel those moments where you're kind of looking back like, well, you know, what if, or you know, was that really, you know, God's purpose? Do you ever have those moments? Oh, that journey. That was, that was a long journey. And it almost seemed like there wasn't a light at the end of the tunnel for a while. I won't. I will say that journey was years long for me. Even after having my first child in 2012, I was still battling depression and anger and, you know, I kind of mentioned briefly about my dad. So that all happened in, well, at the end of March, beginning of April with Sprinkle. And then in June, you know, my dad's death, he was, he was tragically murdered, but that's a story for a different day. So I have all of this anger built up from Sprinkle's miscarriage and then my dad and then another miscarriage after that, but I haven't, you know, that I haven't even touched on is all this in 2011. I was just so upset and so angry and it took honestly. So my first son was born in 2012. I was still battling depression, but I mean, honestly, no one would have known it. I like, if you look back on my social media, like I'm always smiling in my pictures. You can't tell. And isn't that how it is? Like, don't, why do we hide it? Mm -hmm. I don't. So after I had my second son in 2014, going into winter, going into 2015, 
I started realizing how bitter I was. I was really upset with God that I experienced a miscarriage. I was really upset with God that he took my dad. I was really upset with God that I experienced another miscarriage. And here I have these two beautiful blessings in front of me. And I just could not focus on them or happiness because I was angry. I, it's, I battled suicide. I was just really in a really dark spot and I should have received professional help. I should have, but I didn't. And it took me getting to the point of where I just broke down one night in my bathroom. I just broke down, just bawling, just almost even screaming at God, asking, what do you want from me? Like, what do I need to do? I'm miserable. I'm this, I'm that. I have these two babies that look up to me and I'm in, locked myself in the bathroom crying. Mm-hmm. And all I could hear, all I could hear was just forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And I don't know, I forgave the man who murdered my dad. That was my first step. And when I did that, it's like I shed like a layer of clothing almost. Like I was so weighed down and I just shed a layer. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I can breathe a little bit. And then I would just keep praying. And when I say pray, I was still yelling, still just kind of angry. And then I remember just going to the Lord in prayer, but not saying anything. I was just weeping. I was just broken. And still forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And I see, you know, hindsight 2020 looking back, like he's saying, like, he knows my heart. He knows, you know, he's trying to tell me I was forgiven. Like even before I was, you know, saying, I'm sorry. Cause now, oh my goodness. Like, I am so sorry. I yelled at you, God. I'm so sorry. I questioned you. I'm so sorry, but forgiveness, you know, he forgives me. And like I said, it wasn't, wasn't a short journey. It was very long. It was very hard. It was very trying. But I, it, honestly, it was necessary because I, sometimes I wonder if I hadn't experienced the miscarriage, if I hadn't experienced my dad's death, if I hadn't experienced the other miscarriage, would I be as close to God as I am today? Would I have the relationship with Jesus Christ that I have today? And honestly, I don't know. Because before that, I was living for me. I was living for my wants. I was living for what I thought was best for me. And those things are not what God has called me to do. Um, so that's, yeah. that's good. I was, I was reading something recently that talked about how, how easy it is for Christians to kind of look at, like, let's just say people in the world who seem to be thriving and they don't go through any hard times. And it seems like the Christian life is just this hard life and things are being thrown at you and you always have to battle something and then something else. And it talks about, you know, how we look at those people kind of, I don't want to say in a jealous or envious way, but we just kind of look at them like, why do they get it easy and why do we get it hard? And then it talks about how, you know, is our trials and is our things that we go mm. through worth, you know, if that, if that's what keeps us close to God and keeps us right. praying and being broken and saying that I need your help, you know, yeah. is that worth, is it worth it? You know, instead of looking at people like, Oh, they have it so easy. Well, you don't know where they're going to end up, you know? Wow. What a great that, just hit, point. that just hit me. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. What a great right. point. What a great yeah. point. I can definitely say though, you know, my suffering has drawn me closer to God. And more people should speak out 
about what they're experiencing or what they have experienced to help others. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, you know, as the church, like we're a community and that's what we should do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So with the miscarriage happening, literally, what did you say? Like five days before you got married? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday <laughs> before we got married on Saturday. Yeah. So how were you able to somehow in all of that build like a strong foundation for your marriage? Like That seems very difficult. So that happened through, I guess, being married. We had, we have struggles in our marriage. I think that stems from not doing Christian counseling, not having counseling before we got married for a quote unquote shotgun wedding. But we've worked through those together. Honestly, like we do counseling regularly because I feel like it's helpful. It's preventative. You just have to invest and take time in your marriage, just like anything else. And just over the nine and a half years that we've been married, we've grown closer together. We've both pulled God into the center of our relationship. And do we have struggles? Yeah, we do. But I mean, everyone does. It's just whether or not they'll admit it. I mean, ultimately, God, without him, we wouldn't. We I mean, we wouldn't still be together because those first few years were extremely rough. And I blame the majority of that on my bitterness and my brokenness and me not understanding that I didn't need to see the bigger picture to accept it. Yeah. Now, as things come, because I mean, life isn't just going to be magically smooth now that oh, you, I went through this, these few couple of trials. So now I'm good. Like I've been through enough in those years to last me my whole life. That it never goes like that. <laughs> if only, if only. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was going to ask you now, um, how do you handle things that come, you know, that are really hurtful or that really catch you off guard? There never is the, oh, I see the big picture. Yeah. We see it. Like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. So like, how well, do you approach things now? You, you asked me that. And the first thing I think of is my fourth baby. So Cove, he turned a year old in August and I found out I was pregnant with him. So in November, after my daughter was born in July and I mentally, physically was done having kids. And so it wasn't my plan. And when I immediately found out, honestly, my initial reaction was, oh no, oh no. Like, what are we going to do a fourth baby? Oh no. Like that was my initial reaction. And it only took till that afternoon really to be like, oh my goodness, God, you've given us another baby. You've <laughs> given us another baby. And we were so excited, which Cove's whole story, my second child, so Jet, he was five. After we had our little girl in July, he started praying for another baby. Mm. And I'm like, Jet, Jet, I don't think we're going to have any more babies. Let's, let's, let's not, you know, pray that prayer. And then he started telling me like, mommy, there's a baby in your belly. Wow. And I'm like, no, there's not. Well, it turned out he was right. Mm. He said it was going to be a boy. He said his name was Jonathan, which looking back, Jonathan, I looked up the meaning and Jonathan means gift from God, mm. which is Cove's middle, middle name. Wow. So those instances where, you know, God throws us a curveball 
or gives us something that we're not planning, sometimes it catches us off guard and we just react. But God wants us to take the time to respond. He doesn't need our reactions. Yeah. Well, awesome. So uh, just to wrap up, uh, again, I appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your day to be on here and to share your truth and your story and just with such vulnerability. Just to end, is there any final words or like, you know, piece of encouragement that you want to leave with the listeners today? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, This is the first time I've verbally shared any of this story as a whole. So thank you. Thank you so much. So I think my takeaway is God is now calling me to share this story. And I have actually, I've fought it for a few years because I'm like, no, no, I'm not a public speaker. I I don't do well writing. Like, no, please. But I've accepted it. And with me accepting it and being vulnerable and sharing, I realized that it is helping others. And it's exactly where God wants me to be. And it's hard to take that first step. But I just want to say that if you're comfortable, you're not growing. And God calls us to step outside our comfort zone. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And so we just need to always remember that when we experience a trial or when we are going through anything that we, you know, my story for his glory. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. We will be back next Wednesday. But in the meantime, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Testimony Service Pod. And as always, here is a sneak peek of next week's episode. And my future husband said, are you really that stupid that you're going to go? Do you know that if you went with this woman, you would never come back? You will never come back. They will keep you and put you into sex trafficking and all that.